Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Good morning, HCF. How are you? Are you excited? At least Wayne Davis is. Amen. (laughs) Wayne's pre-clapping over there. Hey, um, just by way of a few things, we have these really new, cool, sweet t-shirts that say Made in Texas, and it's got the little HCF logo on there. Um, they're awesome, just saying. You might want to go get one and then rep some gear, and it's got the year we were established right here. So they're cool shirts. Go buy one at the bookstore. Did it work? Okay, anyway, I don't know. I want to do at least promo them. They're really cool. Go, go see Crystal and the crew over there. Pick up a new shirt and... Um, Man, have you been enjoying this core series? It's been good stuff, man. It's been all about Jesus. It's Bible believing. And this week, we're going to talk about our third core value, what it is to be spirit-led. I think it's a very important core value because the reality is, is we are empowered by a living relationship with God. And that core scripture is Ephesians 3, 16. And I'm going to read that to you as we launch off today. Again, Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to read verses actually 14 through 19 to you this morning. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Can you get amen for that? I mean... That's pretty immeasurable right there. Try to tape measure that, all you builders. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. Lord, I thank you for your word today. And as we look at it, will you speak to our hearts? Will you stir up? A desire in our bellies, God, to know you more, to be led by you, Holy Spirit, that lives in us. And will you help us in Jesus' name? Amen. Spirit-led, what does that mean for you? If I say spirit-led, what's something that comes to mind? Just shout it out at me real quick. Spirit-led. Gifts. Gifts. Your life, okay. Anybody else? Divine appointments, okay. Hearing the voice of God. I remember one day I headed up this aisle after a service. I met someone right up here at the top and they said, it is impossible for me to hear the word of the Lord for myself. I can't hear God's voice. And I'm like, well, let's fix that problem right now. And I was flippant, like I was headed to the welcome wall because that's what we do. We're programmed as pastors to get there to meet you. Well, we really do want to meet you, but it's just a thing, right? And I had to, I had to pull up in a spirit-led moment to adjust my schedule And I prayed for that person and I look up and they're crying. And I was like, oh no. (laughs) And I said, what happened? And that person said, I heard the voice of God. I mean, that'll change anything for you, right? He's always desiring to lead us and guide us. 
but we have to we have to wage, we have to kind of weigh through our own plans and things and details and and give him a minute to speak right so what does that mean for you i asked a lot of people this week and these were the responses i got um, it means prayer a diligent pursuit of relationship i think that's probably a pretty good one faith obedience trust and or confidence hearing the voice of the holy spirit for me There's this plant, and I think to, when we talk about this rooted thing, it, to be rooted and grounded, like, that, like the scripture says in Ephesians, it, it, takes, it takes a minute, right? There's this plant that my family used to cultivate um, at our family nursery in upstate New York. It's called a taxis plant, and it's got one of the longest tap roots on a plant. You know that big core central one that goes down super deep? Well, the ones on the taxis, I used to dig up the dead ones out of the field, and I would be like, oh, great. This is going to be awesome, me and a shovel. But that root grows down so deep and gets so thick and so connected at the source that it is very hard to get out. And I, and I think that's what it's supposed to look like as believers when we get connected to the Holy Spirit, when we build relationship with the living God, when, we, when we're being empowered and shaped and molded by him, we're supposed to get connected. Without that, it's very shallow, right? In Alaska, we have these gigantic cottonwood trees, and they are the biggest, most junk, useless, worthless trees, and all their roots grow out this way. Anybody have allergies during this season? Yeah. The cottonwoods dump snow seed everywhere for months, and it's like you're in a snowstorm in the middle of summer. And, but anyways, but, but their roots are shallow. They're very wide, and then you always find these gigantic, massive trees. I mean, they're, they're huge, but they're always tipped over in a windstorm. They're always, they're always kind of just not quite getting by or falling into a river, whatever. They're, they're, they're junk because they're not rooted and grounded in, their, in, in, uh, in, in the soil. And that's just like for us as a believer, when we're rooted and grounded and connected to the source with a living relationship with the living God, then we grow deep in that root and we can find sustenance and food and connection to him, amen? I wanna throw this out there as we, we go through this this morning, but the spirit-led life is not a denominational doctrine. It's the normal outflow of a submitted life and a submitted, uh, an outflow of a life that's submitted to and rooted in Jesus. I messed that up. I'll read it one more time. The spirit-led life is not a denominational doctrine. It is the normal outflow of a life submitted to and rooted in Jesus. Amen? Ed and Soli, the calluses from the last season of your life the Lord says, I'm dealing with those and I am going to take the, the hard layers off. I saw this crazy pet egg and this open vision that God gave me because I have one at home. This is how the spirit leads you sometimes. But I just saw this callous over your life and the Lord said, I'm gonna deal with that because I have so much more for you now than what was, amen? Amen. So the Lord's gonna remove that. So just be like, okay, because what he wants to make you do, make you is tender and ready for this season because the last season's over, Amen. Amen. I just want to encourage you with that this morning. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, right? We talked about it in, in, our, in our, uh, our class this morning because I taught on, the, on what is spirit-led in our core series, and then I get to preach it. I'm like a kid in a candy store. This is the best day ever. But it's so cool when you live connected to that Holy Spirit that is sealed to you at salvation. Did you know that? 
Maybe you're hearing that for the first time today, but Ephesians 1.13, I'm going to read from that today, says that we are sealed to this Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 says this, and now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own. He picked you by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. So when we say yes to Jesus and we step into a living relationship with God, the Holy Spirit's sealed to you. He's in there and he's looking to come alive on the inside of you. He's looking to build a relationship with you as a believer. And he's looking to empower you because the mission that you're called to is impossible to accomplish without the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you without you being able to hear properly what it is in those moments that he needs to share with you. Um, spiritual gifts, I love this. First Corinthians 14, one, Paul says this, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. We were talking about this in the spirit, Spirit-led Life a couple weeks ago when I did a life, life studies class and we're talking about spiritual gifts and you know, the one that always makes everybody uncomfortable is speaking in tongues, right? And not all of you are shaking your heads on the inside if you're not doing it outside, but we talked about that and I said, look, don't get confused or hung up on one thing because there's a whole list of gifts Paul talks about in there. But what Paul is saying is, look, if, if that one thing, if you get hung up on that one thing and he talks about how he prays in tongues more than anybody and he wish he all would, but he comes to the end of this, he's like, look, don't get stuck on that. Because if that, if you get stuck on that, you're going to miss a lot of good stuff that God has on the other side. And he's like, so go ahead and prophesy. And then one guy goes, that is worse than speaking in tongues. I'm just saying, I'm throwing it out there. Because to be able to be active, spirit-led in those moments to that Holy Spirit that's sealed to you in HEB and Walmart, on your job, that's a little bit uncomfortable sometimes, right? When you're in public and all of a sudden the Lord says, I need you to pray for this person. I need you to share this thing with them. And you're like, you turn around, you're looking for the exit. Where is it? How do I get out of here? Or I always talk about this in H-E-B, I wish I could get a blinder moment where I could just get the two, three things that Leslie asked me to get and get out of this store. And I can't, because the Lord's like, that one, that one, that one. So usually I have to plan like another 35 minutes if I'm going to H-E-B, I'm just, just to be honest with you. But I love that because there is a living, loving God on the inside of you that's looking to get out and encourage someone else, Amen. The Holy Spirit is not something to be feared, church. Amen? I mean, he's the one who actually opened your eyes at that moment to say yes to Jesus. He's not a scary part of the Trinity. He's, he's one of the whole pieces of God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and he's living on the inside of you and he wants to come alive. Amen? So don't fear, I guess is the word for some of you today. Don't fear that. Embrace it. Say, God, what does that look like? I, wanna, I want everything that you have and a bag of chips and a Coke. Like, that's the kind of good God he is with spiritual gifts and leading you in those moments. One of the things his word calls him is he's the advocate. How many people need an advocate to speak for you at times? And then he comes and you're like, you don't even know what to pray. But John 14, 16 through 17 says that the Holy Spirit lives in you and he guides you in those moments when you don't know what to do. John 16, verses 7 through 15 says that he is there to convict you of wrong things, to lead you to repentance. 
that that Holy Spirit leads you into all truth and understanding about who Jesus is and all the cool stuff inside of this book that we talked about last week, the Bible. And he tells you about the future, things that are to come, right? I got a promise that I'm supposed to take a son to Israel. I don't have a son. So I'm gonna take Andrew right back there. Anyway, but like, you know, you get those moments where God speaks and sometimes you hold on to him and you pray into him and then God shows you and you're like, whoa, I'm standing in the moment from way long ago. Thank you for reminding me of those things. I love this definition of advocate though. Champion. I mean, who doesn't want to be a champion? Maybe not the Cowboys, but... Um, I don't even like football. Anyway, I'm your non-sports pastor. No, actually, I like it, but I just don't follow it. Scott's like, come on, just pick a team and go. Um, champion, a person who has defeated or surpassed all rivals in competition. Who's that sound like? That sounds like you're Jesus, right? He's defeated death. Hell, the grave, all, once and for all, forever, poured out his blood, got buried in a grave, and came alive. Amen? And then he loved you so much, he put his spirit on the inside of you. That's crazy cool. Some of you are like, I don't know if I deserve it. Well, join the club. He's in there learning to figure out how that relationship looks. Because he's looking to come alive on the inside of every believer. Comforter, counselor healer, peace. Here's my cool Hebrew, sit canoe. Anybody remember what that one is? Jehovah sit canoe. He's your righteousness, right? Man, he's your peace. He's the banner, John 12, 32. You fly Jesus high, he draws all men unto himself. But we've got to learn to hear that whisper. First Samuel, one of my favorite stories, Hannah says, hey God, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And legitimately, God goes, okay. And he opens Hannah's womb. She, she conceives a child. She has Samuel. But then once he's old enough to like walk and talk and eat food by himself, she brings him back to the temple and gives him to Eli. Like a legit, you know, five, six-year-old kid. He's like, okay, thank you. And now I have to give the gift away. But She's obedient in that moment and Samuel begins to hear the voice of the Lord in the night and he doesn't know it yet. He has no idea. So he wakes up Eli and Eli goes, dude, go back to sleep, young man. And happens again. Hey, Lord speaks to him again. Hey, Eli, and he's, or hey, Samuel. And Eli, he wakes up Eli again. He's like, I'm not calling you. Go back to bed. Well, Eli finally realizes on the third time that it's God speaking to Samuel. And he has said, hey, Samuel, by the way, when you hear that voice again in your sleep that says, hey, Samuel, just say, speak. Lord, your servant is listening. We have to learn to hear that whisper. It's not natural because our lives are busy. The world is all super jacked. Your kids are screaming in this ear. You got an ear pod in this ear and you're having a phone conversation and trying to cook dinner over here. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. So for a moment, just close your eyes. Come on, everybody, close your eyes. Don't look at me. I'm bald and wrinkly anyway. So for a minute, just quiet yourself, quiet your spirit. Focus your mind and your heart above God. God, I thank you for every son and daughter in this room today. I thank you that you are speaking. And I pray that you would open their ears and their hearts to hear you, Holy Spirit, for the thing they've been praying to you about, the thing they've been asking you about, the things that you've placed in them that you know are in there that maybe we've dodged. I pray you speak to that. And for you, I just want you to say, Lord, speak, your servant is listening. 
Can you whisper it? Say it out loud, whatever you need to do. Holy Spirit, speak. Your servants are listening. Amen. How many of you heard something? One word, one thing, one, one click. Okay, lots of hands. Amen. If we ask, he'll speak. He desires to speak. He wants you to be able to hear that small, still, quiet voice in those moments. For some of you here today, you feel like you've been walking in a shroud of darkness. And the Lord says, I want to remove that today if you'll give that to me. A lot of the times we, we get stuck in some things and we're like, we just get stuck because we don't ask or life happens and whatever, figure out the mathematical equation. But sometimes we get stuck in moments and life happens to us and then the enemy likes to lie to us, accuse us, tell us that we're less than, that we don't deserve the Holy Spirit or a living relationship with God, that we're just supposed to coast and maybe get to heaven someday. Man, I want to remove that thought and lie from your mind in the name of Jesus. He is removing darkness from some of you today. Amen? Your life, what you did over here does not equal who you are in the Holy Spirit today. Amen? But we're building that relationship. Often it's a flesh thing. We wrestle with the flesh and the spirit, right? It's this constant battle that Romans 8 talks about. And it says this, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Can I get an amen? You are righteous, called, and, and good in the sight of God. You are controlled by... The Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them don't belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even though through your body are, though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Take a moment to camp on that. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. At least a quarter of you are excited. The spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. Does that freak you out? It used to freak me out really bad. I'm like, wait a minute. The same one that raised Jesus from the inside. Like, again, it's, it's a human thing. We wrestle in our flesh, but God's like, no, I want to live in you. I don't want to live through your life. And it's not just about us, right? It's just this awesome goodness of God. And our lives are all about Jesus and we're loving the word. And then we're living in tune with the spirit because like we're his kids and he desires to live in you. And it's not a selfish thing. It's for the establishment of his kingdom. How, How many of you ever have worked really, really hard for the sake of the kingdom in your own labor? And then all of a sudden you feel like a crispy onion that goes on the green bean casserole at Thanksgiving. Okay, amen. Thank you, Ms. Barclay, for being completely transparent. You get there and you're like, oh, if I do one more thing at church, if I have to read one more thing, go to one more Bible study, show up at one more life group, I, I get that way. If I don't live connected to the Spirit, I'll just be honest with you. If I'm not inviting him every day to be a part of what that is, I, I miss Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what the sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its, dic- uh, by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit are of God are children of God. Amen. Right? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that makes us slaves to righteousness and no longer a slave to sin. 
Sometimes it's just a matter of submission, right? It's a matter of obedience. God does not twist your arm to say yes to him at salvation. The Holy Spirit does not twist your arm to say yes to him, to, or to be led and, and guided by him. He invites you in. So we got to go, Holy Spirit, will you come and lead me and guide me? I, I need you today. Help me. I'm going to mess this up if you don't show up today. So I give you permission to lead me and guide me. Here's my hands, here's my feet, wherever you want me to go, I wanna do what you want me to do. Help me, lead me. Because the Holy Spirit's supposed to be guiding us and giving us bearings. And I'm not gonna read this whole scripture, it's Galatians 5, 16. And it opens up with, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. I'll leave it at that. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. I am a task-oriented guy. I love lists and check boxes and things and accomplishing stuff. But at the end of the day, that can cause me to miss a whole bunch of God moments in the middle of the day. So as I'm going through that list, knowing that's how God wired me, I'm like, I, I've got to give God the list and say, hey, you guide me. You lead me. Don't make me miss the person on the side of the road that I need to speak to. Don't, don't cause me to get into a hurry in my shopping today for whatever you need me to do. God, as I'm driving down the road and you lay people's names on my heart, I'll pull over and I'll text them whatever you need me to show them or reveal to them. I just want to be obedient to you in every moment, right? That's just the partner piece. Guide me, lead me. I know you're not going to twist my arm, but if you go, hey, God, your plans are better than my plans anyway. So help me last February... Um, Karis had plans to do all sorts of stuff. She was going to go to college and she had spent money on applications and done a bunch of stuff. And she didn't bother to go, hey God, what do you think? <laughs> so she comes to missions conference. It was our last service on Sunday night. And I go home and I find her sobbing uncontrollably in the driveway. So then I climbed in and sobbed uncontrollably with her because that's what I do. And I said, what's going on? She said, dad, I made lots of good plans. I made plans that look right in the eyes of man, my flesh. I, it wasn't bad stuff that I was desiring to do. And I said, so what did the Lord say to you? And she said, Karis, I love you and I would like to be involved in your plans. Mic drop, right? What do you do with that? What do you do when you have it all put together? You've got your life completely scripted and the Holy Spirit goes, I need you to do this. I need, you to, I need you to change everything. I need you to put everything on hold because I want to do something in you, son, in you, daughter. Will you let me? So glad that in that moment she said yes. So glad in those moments when we're interacting, God goes, hey, by the way, would you? Hey, by the way, would you allow me to breathe on this thing that you're doing? Would you allow me to lead you and guide you into deeper relationship with me? I love you. I've called you uniquely wired and gifted. It was our new members today. We, we're, better, we're better together and we're better today because those gifts, like Scott said, didn't exist and now they're here today. Amen. So will we be willing to put the e-brake on and change our speech and our actions? Will we allow the Holy Spirit to come alive and be re reflected through our lives? Will we allow him to lead us into all righteousness and all truth? <laughs> will, we, will, we be allowed, will we allow him to make us uncomfortable when we need to tell the story of Jesus in a public place and it is super uncomfortable? Share a scripture, call somebody and pray for them. 
Because all that spirit leading submitted to saying yes to Jesus leads to a release of the power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people. When you speak that word and you have no idea why God laid it on your heart, but the receiving person on the other end goes, I know exactly what that means. Thank you. And then you can be like, God, thank you. I got it right today. And he goes, good, go do it again. Speak again. Because, you know, really at the end of the day, we're empowered to go, right? The Holy Spirit sealed to us at salvation. He's looking to live in us and through our lives in a real, raw, powerful way. But he sent his spirit and that is the, that is the method, right? That's what Jesus said in the Great Commission. He says, look, man, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Okay, that's your Jesus, Right? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and know this, I'm with you to the end of the age. How's he with you? The Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Holy Spirit living, bubbling up, causing you to get excited like a fifth grader to run into H-E-B and prophesy and speak the word of the Lord. Well, maybe that's just me like a fifth grader, but... (laughs) In those moments being soft and moldable, saying, Jesus, I want you to use me. Will you? And he will. When you share the good news, right? What about laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover? That's a spirit-led life. What about responding to the phone call at 9.30 at night when you're like, I really don't want to, but the Holy Spirit says, but you really need to. How about we talked about that? You drive by the person on the side of the road. You know that you know that you know that God said to stop and do something about it and you keep driving on and then all of a sudden you got to turn back around and come back around again. That was my dad. There were so many truck evangelism moments where people could not get away. They were stuck in a truck. They were going to hear about Jesus. And then he would buy him a meal. But anyways, but I was like, oh, not another one. I'm going to get stabbed someday, dad. Um, We never did. But that was the obedience. That was a spirit-led moment of my dad saying, that one, that one, that one. God's called me to reach that one. God's called me to speak to that one. Wherever Jesus went and he proclaimed the gospel, when he talked about the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit showed up and people were healed and demons had to flee back to dark corners and get away from believers in the name of Jesus. Dead people came to life. Spiritual wickedness and dark places, like Ephesians says, was pressed back by the power of the Holy Spirit in a believers just like us today. Each and every one of you. Enemy, you got to stop talking to me in Jesus' name and get out of my head. Grab and toss, right? That's not you. I say no. Jesus, what do you say? Holy Spirit, what do you want to speak to me in this moment for the sake of your kingdom? So my question to you today is, are you anchored in a comfortable place, in a safe harbor where there's no wind, no storm, no nothing going on, and have you become comfortable? Or are are you out on the high seas with Jesus in the bow of your boat going, this is really freaky, but I say yes. This is really uncomfortable. The supernatural, living a spirit-filled, spirit-led life is uncomfortable sometimes. It's messy sometimes, right? But it's good for us. 
It's good for this church body. It's good for the thousands of broken people moving to Burnett County who are gonna need to have a place where they can come and hear the Holy Spirit for themselves. Drawing them into relationship with Jesus and then filling them with this desire to live for him and him only and changing and flipping the script on everything. I think we're that church, church, amen? I think God wants to use us in really cool, deep, radical ways that causes us to get out of our comfort zone. Because remember, the spirit-filled life is not a denominational doctrine. It's the normal outflow of a submitted to and a life submitted to and rooted in Jesus. Get roots. Dig down deep. Let that living water fill you up. Because we've got to be connected to the source. Luke 24 Starting in verse 36. Actually, I'm going to go to 38. Why are you frightened, Jesus asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. And then Jesus in 44, when I was with you before, I... I told you everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said, yes, it is written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. Verse 49, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Will you stand with me today? My encouragement to you is submit today. Submit to be spirit-led in your life. And maybe you've done this before. I've done this before multiple times in my life where I'm like, I'm giving it, whatever area I need to give it to you, I'm gonna submit it and commit it. And I wanna be obedient to the call to live as a spirit-led believer. God, I wanna operate in every gifting that you have for me because it's for your kingdom come. Your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven, but I don't have enough gusto to make it happen by myself. I need your spirit. So maybe you just submit it to him today. Maybe you just need to come to the altar today. Maybe you need to forget what bad teaching you've received or the fact that maybe this Holy Spirit died out with the, with the apostles. Guess what? It didn't. He's still doing it today and he wants to do it in and through your life. The Holy Spirit is alive and living and active and he wants to partner with you to advance the good news of Jesus Christ and to see signs, miracles, and wonders change a lost and broken world. Amen? And he wants to use you. It's my encouragement to say yes today. God, I thank you for this church body that loves you, that's sold out for the cause of Christ. And I pray that you would strengthen us by your spirit, that we would become more submitted and obedient to you, Holy Spirit, as you lead and guide our days. I'm thankful that you're the advocate, you're the champion that has defeated everything the enemy's already done, and now you're calling us to reach the lost with the good news of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, you're the one that draws people to salvation. We need you. We want you. And we want to partner with you in the things that you are doing and moving in. 
Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to be led by your spirit into the things that you're calling us into. God, we do not want to miss a thing. So will you help us as we submit and commit to you in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. God bless and have a great week.